1: FM. Today, I'm talking with Lisa Erspammer, and I'm being honest with you, I'm a little intimidated to be interviewing her today because she I've followed her career for decades. She was, uh, grew up basically on the Oprah Winfrey show. She started out there pretty young, as from what I can recall, and I think she worked for the Oprah Winfrey show for like 17 or 19 years. And so, yesterday, as I was putting the show together and sending it off to her, there were these moments of oh no, I'm writing this. Who am I to write this? How can I write this? And I'm going to send this to her. I shouldn't do this. I'm a fraud. All those thoughts that we all have that don't allow us to show up in our lives. Now, the one thing that helps me get through that is that I keep my commitments. That is something that I'm very adamant about. So it's finally, it's like, okay, brain, shut up, send this off. What she thinks of you is what she thinks of you. It's kind of like the Scott Scranton Sayer saying, you can't win over the haters. You're not the jackass whisperer. Not that I think she's a jackass, but it's just letting go of other people's opinions because that dims our light. So in the show today, we're going to talk about or we talk about our relationship with our mom. She wrote a book that we're going to be talking about and we're going to talk about why moms, the power of letter writing, the complicated feelings created by our relationships with our mothers, She's going to share her favorite letter and I'll talk about mine and we're going to talk also about how she goes into opening up about what happened when she wrote her letter to her mom and we'll talk a lot about vulnerability, one of the favorite things that I like to talk about on this show and owning our stories. So those are the things that we're going to be talking about in this interview and I'll be circling back afterwards to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. Our mothers are the foundations of our lives. Our relationships are often complicated with them. All sorts of feelings emerge when we think of our mothers, love, anger, appreciation, gratitude, shame, are a handful of the feelings that can be connected to our relationships with our mothers. Today's guest is Lisa Erspammer, and she's here to talk about our mothers. She has written a letter to my mom and is the author, is a creator of a letter to uh, series. Lisa is also president of Unleashed Media, a multimedia production company, and prior to heading out on her own, Lisa served as the chief creative officer of OWN and also was the co-executive producer of a show that we all loved, The Oprah Winfrey Show. We all know this woman knows how to share stories with her past experiences, so I'm excited and a bit nervous to have her on my show. Lisa, hello and welcome to my show.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having me definitely love to talk about my little book here
1: yeah so um, yeah thank you a letter to my series so why a letter to my mom
2: well it just seemed like the now you know really it started with a letter to my dog and i did that with two of my good friends um robin leighton who's a photographer a brilliant photographer and my friend Kimmy culp who you know essentially you know got it all together at the end of the day and um it just we it was sort of a fluke. You know, I came up with the idea for a glass of wine and a publisher bought it at that meal and you know, we, we put it together very fast and what I realized when I got all the letters was that, you know, it's a very emotionally connecting idea. When people sit down to write letters, they really really pour their heart on the page. And I think writing letters isn't nearly as intimidating as writing a story. And so um we were able to really capture A lot of emotion, even if people writing. I mean, dogs, cats, moms—it's all similar in different ways. Like in the sense of you know our love for either the animal or our mom, and and whoever in your life really, Um, you know, having people sort of sit down and take some time to really write out those feelings is, um, we think, you know, a great not only great exercise but we really. Love, you know, sharing that with the world. We just think it's an important thing for people to do, and um, and and the letters are amazing to read. Mm-hmm. We we learn so much from them. So we are we have seventeen titles total, and we're on number three, and we plan on going on infinitely. So, um, you know, we just really love this.
1: So, right, this one's a letter to the to my mom, and you had a letter, letter to my dog. Mom. In a letter to my cat. Better to my,
2: yep. Letter to my dog, letter to my cat, and now mom. It just felt like the, nat, the next natural progression. Like, you know, because dogs started it, it felt like we had to do cat, you know, because <laughs> we had so many friends who have cats and everyone was like, where's the cat book? And, um, you know, the cat people are as connected to their animals as the dog people are. And I'm, I'm like all species, you know, I'm, I would, I love even, I ran into a possum the other day and I thought about putting it on a leash. So I like, all animals. And, um, so it was really fun to do the cat book too, because even though I don't have cats, um, you could really see number one, the difference in the people, like people who love cats, people who love dogs. Um, but it's also, um, it was just a really fun thing to do because cats are just so different than dogs. And the letters were really, some of them are so funny in the cat book and some of them are, you know, very heartwarming. And I think, you know, that's why we love it. We love it too, because you really get sort of a good roller coaster ride of emotions. You know, you're laughing and you're crying. And I think that, you know, as a content creator, you know, we really want to make people feel something. And if people feel something as a result of what we've created, then we feel like we've really done our jobs. And so mom takes that to a whole new level than <laughs> you can imagine because, you know, our relationships with our moms are complicated and good and bad and indifference and they change all the time and you know, as we all evolve. And so the mom book was just a totally different experience, but unbelievable. And Anne, Anne Lofgren, who produces this book with me, she was pregnant while we were while we were producing this and curating our letters. So, you know, that on top of these letters that are so incredible and so heartfelt. Um, you know, it was a very emotional experience for us to read these every day and, and, you know, try to, you know, boil it down to the one, the ones we felt were the right, the right fit for this particular book. So, and, you know, it is, it's just a collection of letters. So there's 60, I think there's a little over 60 contributors in this book and it's um, famous people, everyday people and kids who write these letters and it really runs the gamut. There's a little bit
1: of everything. Have you seen it?
2: I, I ha- I've
1: read it. No, I have it sitting right oh, here. Oh, did you read it? Yes.
2: Oh, good. So, I want Do you have a favorite letter.
1: You're turning the interview on to me, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that always it makes me really a little curious. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, which one was my favorite? I let me pull it up. But before I forget this question, um, is that one of the things that as as you were talking about this in your process, so there's a couple of things I want to go back to, and then I will talk about my favorite letter. But is you said something in this show? We talk a lot about um, getting behind the curtain, right? And so you you made a comment where you said it all came together really fast and easy, but didn't it come? Mm-hmm. To well, nothing easy. I should
2: probably never really say that because it's a big lie. <laughs> but um, you know, after you know, after the fact, you're like, oh, that was that wasn't that hard. But like in it during it, you know, we're all like trying to jump off ledges and. Because it's it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So meaning, it, we just had people say yes. Like everybody wanted to participate in it. And people really got what we were asking them to do. hmm So... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you
1: off. That's okay. But so and I think that's really important for the listeners to clarify because they'd be like, Oh, well, this is so hard. But the other side is is that, you know, like when you think about Malcolm Gladwell and the ten thousand hours, I mean, you you know how to create content. You know how to tap into people's emotions. You know how to and then like like I know how to ask people. I to
2: definitely show. put in ten thousand hours. <laughs> you put in way more no than question. ten thousand. Maybe a hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a hundred million. But yes, I've definitely Done that. And I, you know, I mean, also working for Oprah for all those years, you know, Oprah is an emotionally connecting woman and, and all of our guests were too. And I think that I also really learned from all of them. And, and that's when I really fell in love with either the guest or something Oprah was talking about was when I really connected into it in a personal, emotional way. And I always say, if you don't have a physical reaction, you didn't, we didn't do our jobs. Does mm-hmm. so that means you have to cry like with tears or be like oh, your breath taken away or, you know, laugh out loud.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so you had that practice in there. So you knew about that. You knew how to cur- curate, you know, um, content to come together. Yeah. And then and then yep. it was and then you also know how to ask, right? Like when people always say, well, how do you get these people on your show? And I say, well, I ask. But I've practiced it so yeah. much. It's easy for me <laughs> where for some people having the courage to ask. You know they can't even do that, and because they haven't yeah. practiced it, right? So you've had. Well, some... Then you never.
2: You don't know what kind of answer you'll get if you don't <laughs> ask. <laughs> you, you might be very surprised <laughs> when you get the big yes. Have have you so... have you always been good at asking? Um, you know what? I I actually really have. I started my career in radio, mm-hmm. and it was talk radio here in Los Angeles. And well, I'm in New York right now, but I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and. So I, you know, had to book our show and we were talking about all sorts of things, you know, human interest stories to major breaking news. And so I sort of grew up in the business as a booker. So when you're a booker in television or radio, you have to ask people in under, I mean, no matter, like if you need something and it's for tomorrow, you will call somebody in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. (laughs) and apologize later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the ask has been sort of a part of my, I think, I, I think it's just who I am. And I always feel like, as a producer, because I am a producer, that I can always use that as my excuse. I'm sorry, I'm a producer. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> you know, we're invasive and inappropriate and we ask people to do things. And, um, but the truth is, a lot of the people in this book are my friends and, um, or people that I've worked with over the years, is at least the celebrities. And, Um, and, well, and, and some of the, you know, everyday people too. Mm -hmm. So we really, in addition to people who wrote, um, to us on our blog and stories that we found in the news that we thought were so interesting. And, um, so we curated it in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. We, we tried to really, we really wanted to have it to have not only, um, really compelling letters, but a real, really, um, full of great stories. And I, I think we, I think we really did that with this particular book.
1: Well, and and that's the thing I appreciate is that it's not just celebrities, right? It's celebrities and yeah. it's real people. It's all intermingled because we all yeah. are. Re- I mean, we're all real people. Um, yes. But, but sometimes I think we can have these ideas about celebrities and them living in the promised land and the rest of us not. So, yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy land. But you know. <laughs> It's true. And that's why we really, we really like the mix as well, because we all have the same, we all have similar feelings and expressions and we all love our dogs or our cats and we all have moms. And um, so I think that really is, you know, we're like you said, we're really all the same, you know, we just have different jobs. And I think that, you know, that's why it's really important to us to have the mix so that, you know, it's, fun for people to find out a little bit more about somebody that they, you know, know who's famous or that they like their work. Um, But some of the everyday people in here, their stories are just amazing. We have a woman who like saved her kids' lives by running in front of a truck. Did you see that one?
1: I don't remember that one.
2: Well, I, I'll tell you, it's, um, so her name is Joy Verone and her, um, so years and years ago when her kids were little, they were on vacation and they were, um, leaving their cabin and they were going to, they were running to go get in this, into the truck. And the kids ran before her, they hopped in the truck and the emergency brake came undone and the truck went rolling toward a cliff. Can you believe that? So she jumped in front of that truck. She's a small woman, jumped in front of the truck. She was able to stop it with her body, (laughs) just in time, so it didn't go over the cliff. And somebody was able to jump in and pull the emergency brake, and then the truck ran her over. And so her daughter, um, Annie, wrote this unbelievable letter. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I have so many favorites in here, it's even hard to pick. But that's one that you just can't believe their story. And her daughter really wrote about not only that time in their lives, but also how, You know, really, her mom is like a real hero, and she calls her a superhero. And and obviously, you know, this woman really is. And one of the things that she wrote in here that I love so much, she says, how many people can say that the last time they ran, they saved three lives?
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's... So, it's a good one. It's a good story, for sure. We love it
1: yeah yeah, no that's a great and that's just a great story and a great line how can you know just be able to save somebody's lives and the, the, the other side is that the mom probably didn't know that she had that strength within her right if she were to think that scenario ahead of time she probably wouldn't know that hey I have this capability but it's like that's where that heart those emotions that you talk about can make us so much more powerful and actually when you know the quote to quote our backs against the wall it can make us Really dig deep in ourselves, can't it?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's the thing about moms you know, they will go to any lengths to protect protect their child. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that a mom would jump in front of a truck. I mean, I I can't believe she survived it. Mm -hmm. Thank God she did. Mm -hmm. But yes, that's just the truth. You know, these moms go to all sorts of lengths. Mm-hmm. To make us happy, to give us what we want, to make our dreams come true and all those things. And um, that's why, you know, we love celebrating moms with this book. And we, we like to call moms, you know, our first loves because they're really the first person that we bond with in our lives.
1: No, they they are. They are the first person we bond I mean, I think about my kids when they were little and how how important I was to them and how they really wanted me to be there with them and now they're 15 and 13 and how those roles have changed which they should um right my daughter the daughter who used to be upset when i go walking out the door she's more than happy to celebrate when i go walking out the door but that's exactly where right. it needs to be now so yeah. um, so that yeah that's a really good point now i have a question so when you first started out with um you started the series out with dogs correct correct mm-hmm. and was that the easier way to approach it because Basically, you're asking people to be vulnerable and really open up yeah. their hearts, and and the and the animals make a lot of sense because that in the in a huge sense is a very clean relationship. There's a lot of pure love with people and their animals, without the complications that we have like with our mothers. So, was it easier for people to be open and vulnerable when it came to their dogs?
2: Um. Uh, well. Maybe I, it's hard to say, you know, I think, I definitely think it was harder for people to write these letters to their mom because it is so intimate. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, as you go through the letters, people really talked about things that I was surprised that they were so open and honest about. Um, and so I guess it probably is a little less intimidating to write about your dog, but the letters to the dogs and the cats are equally as um, powerful. hmm I mean, I'm a dog mom, so I love my dogs like they're humans and um and so I really I think connected into that, you know, as much what what I know about the mom book is that it's a universal, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody really does have a mom, whether they're in their life, not in their life, here on earth, not here on earth, everyone has a mom. And so, um this is really very universal and connects to all people. And moms are extraordinary. So we love having the opportunity to celebrate them. Mm-hmm.
1: But don't you think, I mean, the relationship with our animals, aren't there, they're, are, are they as complicated as our relationship with our mothers? No.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not at all. Because, you know, dogs, dogs in particular, cats are a little more aloof. You know, cats, you have to really earn their love, I think. But dogs, all you have to do is like, pet them, feed them, and they're all yours. They just, you know, they, that love is so unbelievably unconditional that um it isn't complicated. I mean, we're complicated humans, but I don't think that animals are nearly as complicated as we are. They just you know all they need is the, are the basics. They just really want to be loved, and if you love them, they love you back. And but you know, I think moms are really our most complicated relationships, and for so many reasons because they are the first person that you bond with. And you know, as we grow up, especially women, you know as we change they and they're changing you know i think that things it it's very complicated I and mean, people go through different phases with their um moms that are like good times and bad times and you know all that kind of stuff so yes they're really complicated and i think that that's the other thing about these letters people really did express that you know the letters weren't just all like you're so amazing i mean we have plenty mm-hmm. of letters like that but some of them also talk about like you know you know, moms not telling their kids that they love they love them, and why didn't they say that? And um, and and you know, relationships that were really bad, and then they got good, and you know, so it's just really, I think, a real uh, honest compilation of of these relationships. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not just the Brady Bunch version.
2: <laughs> no, no, and and we were really glad about that too, by the way, because we assumed even. You know, with some of our famous people that they would just do a real like, you know, safe mm-hmm. letter, but they didn't. People were really honest and people were really open and um really vulnerable and that was really a surprise for us and it was like a great surprise. And um that's what I think makes it so special. It just feels so real. And I feel like with our famous um our famous people in here, you really do get to know them in a way that you probably can't, you probably couldn't have been, any, you know, from anything else that they've done. You know, some of these people I've known for many, many years in my career, but I feel like their letters to their moms gave me a much greater insight into who they were, who they are. You know, like Marielle Hemingway is a very, very good friend. I did a documentary about her life, and when I read when I read her letter to her mom, I I really did. I known her. We've been friends for ten years, fifteen years, and when I read her letter to her mom, I had a whole different sort of feeling about her. It just really, there's something about that relationship that when you know a little bit more about it when people, you really have, it like really unfolds a new layer of who they are. Susie Orman is another one who, you know, I've learned so much about her from her letter. And um, Dr. Phil, you know, Dr. Mm -hmm. Phil, really honest in his letter too, and talked about how, you know, his mom was really the one who pushed him toward his dreams and his dad wasn't as you know, his dad had more complications. It was a more complicated relationship. And I think, um, that's, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to write a letter to my mom in the book. and at first I was really intimidated. I didn't want to do it because <laughs> I was, my, I'm like, mine's going to suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? In comparison to everybody else's. And, I'll feel like a big loser and people will be like, how could she have this book? And she wrote this dumb letter. And, you know, I, I made up all these like things in my head and I got really freaked out. And then I was worried too. I'm like, cause my mom going to have to read it, you know? And I didn't, and I'm not like, I'm not super vulnerable with my mom. So I was like, I don't know if I want that intimacy with her, you know, writing this letter would be that it would be very intimate. So, um, but after I saw someone else's letters, I thought, well, God, I should, I should really just try to do this. And I did. And my letter's totally imperfect, but, but it's what it was. You know, it's the letter that I wrote. It's what came out when I tried. And, um, and I'm really glad I did it. I think it's changed. It's already changed my relationship with my mom, mm-hmm. believe it or not. <laughs> Simple well, as that, but it really did.
1: You know, it's like when we talk about this vulnerability piece and we talk a lot about it on this show, because Brene Brown's been a, a frequent guest. Um, but this idea that, I mean, that's the pathway to connection. That's what we want, right? We want, like, just yeah. when you're talking about Meryl Hemingway, and even though you've been friends and you've done documentaries on her and, and all sorts of stuff, I mean, you've known a lot of her story, that when you found out a bit more about this, that, like, she was willing to open up her heart and talk about her mom, like, we tend to care, get more connected with people, Right, and so when you're, and yeah. I so appreciate you sharing your story of, oh my gosh, how can I write this? What if it's not good enough? Like we all think that. Oh, I was
2: a, I was a wreck. <laughs> my whole team was like, "Are you going to write a letter to your mom?" Like you,
1: you have to. And I,
2: I was like, I don't think I can. Like I, I don't think I'm going to do it. And everyone kept pressuring me, and I'm like, I just don't think I can. I, I, I don't think I could do it. Like even for my dog book, I could not write a letter to my dog Louie. I was, he died actually right before the book came out. But I was so in love with this dog. And um, it was just too emotional for me to do it. And every time I tried, I would just cry. And um, so I didn't end up doing that. But I did feel for the mom book that, especially after reading everyone else's, that I I should really try. And once I did, it just sort of came out, you know, again, I like to call it imperfect because it really is. But um, but my mom knows what that letter says. Like she gets it because it's really honest and true about our relationship and how um, and the things that I remember. Mm-hmm.
0: So.
1: Would you mind reading your letter to the listeners? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's see. I think it's kind of long. No, it's, no, I'll totally read it.
1: We have a 45 minute show. We're good.
2: <laughs> all right. We got plenty of time. I, mean, I can read the whole book. Hi <laughs> um, right, to my mom. And I did. Lo- what I also love is everybody's little vintage photos. That I think is a very cute thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So, Mom, as I've been curating this book, I've thought a lot about you, a relationship, and all the things I've probably never said to you, like thank you. Thank you, Mom, for bringing me into this world. Thank you for always supporting my dreams. I really think you believe I can do anything, even when I doubt myself. Thank you for always thinking I was great, no matter what I did or didn't do. You always think your kids can do no wrong, even when we're wrong, still to this day. Good for you. Thank you for baking me, baking me pink birthday cakes with pink spilled frosting. I remember those cakes. They were so beautiful. Thank you for brushing my hair until I fell asleep when I was little and for making the scary monsters go away in the night. Thank you for killing the spiders that the men in the house were too afraid to kill. Thank you, I think, for waking me up most mornings with an annoying song and a spurt bottle full of water. Thank you for standing up to me and Mrs. X, my bullying teacher, by throwing the plant she gave you in the trash right in front of her. You showed her, Mom. <laughs> Even if I never call, thank you for being willing to answer the phone anytime day or night. Thank you for wishing I would call. Thank you for wanting to spend time with me even when I didn't want to spend time with you. Thank you for giving me the space but not giving up on me. Thank you for taking care of dad when he was dying and and for not being mad at me when I wasn't there. Thank you for understanding why. Thank you for moving on as best as you could after he was gone. Thank you for trying to enjoy your life without him. Thank you for putting up the tree, the stockings, and decorating the entire house at Christmas all by yourself every year and making it perfect for all of us. Thank you for being such an amazing grandmother to your grandchildren. You are so special to each one of them. They're lucky to have so much of you in their lives. Thank you for everything that you do for all of us. It's enough. It's perfect. You're perfect. I'm proud to have you as my mom. I love you, Lisa. Mm
1: -hmm. That's my mother. How do you feel with that?
2: Well, when I gave it to my mom, I because the time I didn't give it to her, she didn't really like, fall hot. I'm not going to be able to handle that moment. <laughs> you know, I had to really think it through. And so I gave it to her and I said, here's the book. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> then you can read it. <laughs> so I was a total chicken about it. And, you know, she read it and called me later. So, um, yeah, it was really funny. But she's so happy. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, really it's been so great and i think it really did help me to come, to really like open that door more with my mom and be a little bit more vulnerable with her mm-hmm. and um which has always been very hard for me so you know this little letter this little exercise of doing a letter did really make an impact on our relationship mm-hmm. a very positive one
1: you know, um, so I didn't want to be a schmuck, but when you asked me the question, I was like, Well, I really liked your letter. Um, just in the sense be- Well, because it's so filled with gratitude and it's real. Right. And I mean, yeah. think about it. You're you're Lisa, you're a master storyteller. So you could have made a story. You know how to do a the arc of a story, but you showed yeah. up and you were real in your book and being vulnerable. Like, I mean, you kind of it's like it's like showing up and being naked, right? Like, here we go. Yeah, you outed yourself yeah. several places. So, and I really like that. And then the gratitude because gratitude is so important in getting us to where we want to go. You know, and being able to open up and take the armor off of our hearts. So, mm-hmm. I I did really like it. But then I was like, oh, but you'll be a schmuck if you tell her that. Cause
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, please <laughs> bring it. I love it. It's not. A, <laughs> that's so nice of you to say. Because we, I mean, we've laughed about this in my office. Because you know we you know, we work on these books, we work very hard on them and we sit around and we read these letters out loud. That's how we pick. Because I always think you can tell more if you read it out loud how everybody reacts. So like we've all cried over these letters and you know, and and so you know, we laughed a lot about mine because I was actually so insecure about it mm-hmm. that I kept I kept wanting to change it. But then I decided like it really was what happened in the moment when I wrote it and I decided that I should just leave it. Mm-hmm. so that's what I did.
1: Yeah, it was written from your heart, right? And then all of a sudden your mind catches up to your heart and going, wait a second, I'm going to expose myself. Can I do that? This isn't going to be safe. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and then we start getting into the comparison of judging and the listeners are so used to this because this is the kind of conversation that we have. Right. We, we go in and we, we don't want to do this. I mean, there've been times that things that I really, really wanted to do, I wanted, you know, prior to it, I was going to quit. I was like, forget it. I'm not showing up. I'm not doing it because I didn't want to be that vulnerable. It was just too intense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I also think that's the thing. We just have to push ourselves, right, to do the things that are super uncomfortable. And, um, I think, you know, with my big life transition, you know, not working for us, starting my own company, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've really had to like push myself a thousand times and in, in really ways that are so uncomfortable, but, um, but they're all, it's all so valuable. And this is one of those things that I think it's a valuable exercise to push yourself.
1: Well, because isn't isn't it now you are seeing what you are capable of? I mean, you knew what you're capable of working in, you know, under the umbrella of Oprah, right? Where and but there's a there's a whole team. Like I think about being an athlete, you're part of Well I've been doing
2: it for so long, it was just second
1: nature to me. Mm -hmm. But then to have to go out on a massive team, yeah, and to go out on your own, where it's now you're not saying, oh, I'm a producer, and here it's not. Don't don't be mad at me. It's 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 the job that I do. Right. Where now it's yeah. like, hey, this is what we're asking you. And this is for a book. And my name's going to be on this book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I think people connect into the idea. So we don't have we've had such a great response from people. And and, you know, and I really think it's because a letter is such a simple thing, not a simple thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. But.
2: But I do think it's a people just get it. But like nobody asks us what kind of letter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, no, we don't have to tell people how to write them. Mm-hmm. They they just automatically know. And whenever we ask them, they go, oh, oh my God, I would love to do that. Or, oh, it's going to be so emotional for me. Mm-hmm. But people really, you know, love doing it. And they're all, everybody who's done it is so happy that they did, even if their mother
1: is no longer here. Mm-hmm. Was there so. any anybody who said no, there's no way?
2: Um I think well, I mean people just didn't have time in their schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there was a couple people that we asked who really didn't feel comfortable writing a letter to their mom. But that was probably the very that was the least reaction that we received. Mostly it was um people really wanting to do it and doing it, or people really wanting to do it and not being able to do it in time. So, um, you know. All, all the reactions have been really, really positive, and some of the people are repeat customers. By the way, so like <laughs> a couple of people have been in the dog book, the cat book, and the mom book. <laughs> so you know they they you know make several appearances throughout this little series, and um, you know So which is always fun too.
1: And what's, what's their experience like? Because you shared with us that, okay, you did this, right? You didn't want to go and step into that and be vulnerable. And then, you know, partly because the comparisons for everybody else, right? And then also that yeah. opening up with your mom. So what were the experiences after people who wrote those letters to their moms? Like, do you know? Yes, we, we do. We actually we actually surprised
2: some moms with their kids, <laughs> on tape, actually. So we have some great moments of people doing that. But um, you no, we heard from everybody and the reactions are over the top. Like all these moms are out of their minds <laughs> over these letters. And, and even the people who wrote letters, you know, the tribute letters, they, you know, have said that it was so cathartic for them and they're so glad they did it. And they, they're so glad that it's in a book where people will know how special their mom was. Mm-hmm. So the reaction has been, and even for people who aren't in the book, who ended up writing letters after, and, you know, we have people who send in letters to our website, which we love getting, and we post some of those. And, I mean, I think everybody who's done it, who's taken the time to do it, has really felt good about it, and and they're really happy that they did, that they took that time.
1: So Lisa, I'll have get you written your letter? No, I haven't, but and I have to think about that one. My stomach goes up to my throat. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second, right. you keep turning it back to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have <gotta> to do it. <laughs> but <I'll>, sure <laughs> um, I, will, I will get your website and I'll put that on the my on the show notes. And then I'll also Great. put it in my I'll send out to my e newsletter as well that um, they can submit letters to you as well. So I'll, for those of you that oh, are I listening on the mobile and devices. And, you know,
2: we, might, we might do a second edition. So um, if people send in their letters, they might um, end up in the next book.
1: Well, here's what I would love. I'd love to know the follow-up. Right. Follow like, okay, the people that wrote the letters – and then what happened? Did they have the vulnerability hangover where they wanted to just go and, you know, eat ice cream and watch TV all day long because it was like, oh, my God, I can't ever see my mom again. Or, you know, oh, no. But there, but that happens, like, when all of a sudden you've, like, exposed yourself and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to think I'm too sappy or too this, you know, whatever it can be. We can just judge ourselves to craziness, right? Um, so yeah. then they numb. We hide away. I mean, that's what happens because sometimes this stuff can just trigger so much inside of us. So I'd love to know. Or like you right? It starts opening the door for connection. That's what I'd like
2: to yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make a really crazy analogy, Yes, but <laughs> but I'm going to go for it. Okay. Go for so, it. You know, you, we all watched Bruce um, Jenner's interview the other mm-hmm. day, which is amazing. And, you know, every, I want to be his best friend now. And go um, so shopping with him, like, I just thought his honesty and his vulnerability and the fact that he opened up like that really made me love him. I don't know him, I've never met him, but it made me really like, think. god, look at him. How brave of him to to do that and to just really be willing to be himself. And I and I think and I I just read Kim Kardashian um said today and she was talking that she was doing some interview and she said he's never been happier since the since the interview. You know, the interview because he opened up and he just was himself. It freed him. And I feel like this is a similar experience. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're I mean, you know, people aren't like necessarily coming out in the book or anything like that. (laughs) Mm But but taking the time being really vulnerable and really like raw Mm -hmm. and just taking that risk and just doing it is very freeing. Like for me it was crazy because I knew I was gonna have to like do interviews and you know, and press and all this kind of stuff and like I didn't know how crazy that was going to feel between me and my mom. But it really has been amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel differently about it. I'm less, um, I would say, less guarded with her mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. since I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not an outcome I expected, by the way, at all. I didn't expect that.
1: And what did you think was going to happen? So,
2: um, I just thought I would feel really awkward for the rest of my life, <laughs> which is extreme. <laughs> but I, thought, I just thought I would feel awkward and like hide or something, but it hasn't happened. And, you know, you can't really hide from my mom because she's sort of always around and, you know, she watches everything I do, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but I sort of think it freed me to be, it gave me the opportunity to be a little bit more intimate and a little bit more vulnerable with her. hmm and even though I had to do it through a book and I couldn't read it to her directly and I, I ran away and drove my car back to Los Angeles. Um, I, I did it mm-hmm. and I talked about it and I, so it's sort of just out there now and not that anybody else in the world <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but to her and to me, um, just expressing myself like that with her really like opened up a big, giant door Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I mean and you know this because you're a storyteller I mean there's so many different ways to do that right so the way that you did it was where you were comfortable in like where you could be comfortable being vulnerable right so it was yeah. like I'm going to give you the book yeah. and I'm going to drive away and then you can read it yeah <laughs> yes. right I'm going to put this <laughs> that letter. My,
2: that's what I could
1: do <laughs> I'm going to put this letter out in the public and then here you go here you can have it but you yeah. did it and then look what's what it's fostered it's that it's I mean it's that ability to like I was just talking to a friend it's when you start to open up that vulnerability and you're okay I'm going to do this like I was telling to my girlfriend I said remember when your daughter she's now like 25 but when she was 5 and or 6 I can't remember and you asked me to drop her off at soccer practice and walk her up I said for you that was so gut wrenching or when she, her mm-hmm. older daughter started the swim team with me and she was 8 and she said oh my gosh see that girl in the pink cap you know don't make sure she doesn't drown and I looked at her I was like she's not going to drown Like that does not happen here and then when she was nine or 10, I had convinced her mom to let me take her up to Northern up to Redding up in Northern California for a swim meet. And, you know, with the team without the parents, I said, so all of those were vulnerable moments. Right. And, and it was, but then as she got more comfortable, I go now, look at your kids. They're flying all over the place. You know, they go to, they do all kinds of stuff. They compete internationally now that now they're in have professional careers, but it was those first steps. You know, that, those steps is what got you here. So that was your first step to have some, uh, you know, a more vulnerable moment with your mother, but it doesn't mean it's always going to look like that. No.
2: I mean, though, I do think it, I just feel more free in it. Mm So will I be that way forever? Hard to say, but I do think for now it's great. And for her, for her, it meant the world to her Mm -hmm. and that made it worth it too. Well,
1: and something that you mentioned, so one is I want to go, there's two things. Um, I want to go back to something you wrote. You said, thank you for wanting to spend time with me, even when I didn't want to spend time with you. Thank you for giving me. I know, me.
2: that's what she, that's what she perseverates on, I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: but, but that, like, I think for parents out there, like, okay, remember, I'm the f- parent of a 15 year old, Right. Where Mm -hmm. I can look at that and go, okay, there are times like there used to be the time where she wanted to be at my side, everything I want, you know, and now it's only, you know, can mom, can you take me here? Mom, can you take me there? But when I can look at that and go, okay, I'm giving her space. But it doesn't mean that our relationship is bad. Because, you know, we were talking earlier about our relationships that are complicated with our moms versus our animals. With our moms, it's because of the stories we tell ourselves. Right? it's that verbal language right. that we have going on in our head and oh but what's this going to mean and we're going to be disconnected forever without all these stories versus with an animal i mean the animal just goes oh you're great you're petting me i love this it's as simple as that right there's that really that raw emotion um so i so that part like there's so many women who will read your book and read that part and it can give them permission of like it's that common humanity piece like oh, okay you know because the other fear that most moms have is oh, if my kid doesn't want to spend time with me or if I don't do a good job raising them, they're going to be a failure in life and it's going to be all because of me. Yeah. Right? Well, you're not a failure in your career and in your life and you needed space from your mom. So that just gives mother's permission, I think.
2: Well, and I also, I think, you know, what I I love about it is that my mom really, if I could literally spend every waking hour with her, she would be thrilled, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So I do love the fact that, she would love me to be with her all the time. Mm-hmm. But I also have my own life as a person, as a woman, as a businesswoman. And, um, and and you know, and I really, for many years, I really did need my space. I needed to go out there and see what I could do. And that was um, really what that was about because she, you know, I was gone for so many years. I mean, I moved out of state. I lived in Chicago for 17 years. And I really didn't come back to California that often you know, to see the family other, you know, come back for work, but not, I didn't see my family a whole lot. And I always felt really guilty about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I talked about that because I knew like, if I ever called her and said, Hey, do you want to do something tomorrow? You know, she would be right there. Cause you know, sometimes we're always going after the people who don't, who don't (laughs) like, they're not really there for us. (laughs) But like, Mm -hmm. then there's your mom. Like, well, I'm here. Like, and, and the thing that's so great about moms is it's, You know, and we know there are some moms that aren't, not all moms are great. And I I really know that, too. But, like, at least with my mom, the thing that I know is she's always going to be there Mm -hmm. for me, no matter what it is that I need. And, you know, would love to spend more time with me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a nice feeling to have. Because, you know, we all, we do sort of seek the ones that don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in business or in, you know love relationships or what have you, you know, you sometimes see people that don't necessarily want to be there. But then there's this one person in your life who always wants to be there, no matter how, you know, what kind of job you have, no matter, you know, what you're doing, you know, they have this, I do think moms have an embedded unconditional love. They don't always express it so well, (laughs) but I do think, I don't think moms can help it. I think that's just part of the makeup of a mother because that child comes out of your body. And I think that that's, you you just, you know, I don't think that goes away.
1: Well, we run, we run over the people that are right there who are like, on our team to go and try to get somebody's approval out here who may not be on our team, but we're thinking, hey, it means this is all subconscious. If I can get them to like me or love me or care about me, then I will finally be worthy. When we've got this whole group of people right around us who are like, I'm here. I love you. You're amazing. I know. I know.
2: Like when I'm like, God, I'm so lonely. I don't have anybody to hang out with. I'm like, oh, I could call my mom. Like, she would be thrilled. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, as you go through your life in different stages, now I'm older and things are different, but, you know, when you're in your, like, 20s and 30s, you're like, ugh, leave me alone. I just want to go do my life, right? Mm-hmm. And and but they're always, but then you come back and they're there. So, you know. So
1: I have a perfect example. So, I got a girlfriend called me yesterday and she lives in D.C. And she's like, oh. It's so great. We're having this amazing weather. and she's talking and 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 I said, well, we have wind. I'm in Northern California. I was like, we have wind and that, <laughs> you know, and I was like, and I and I and it was interesting, but the differences in the conversation she's like, gosh, we've had this long winter, and it's just so beautiful and vibrant. And I said, wow, you know, when you're used to constant sun, I mean, I'm not like l a right? It's much better right. weather all year long. but we since you know we have the seasons, but we, right now, we have wins. You you don't really appreciate. You kind of take for granted what you have right there. Where she is like, wow, look at these tulips, and I'm like, oh yeah. She goes, do tulips grow? And I said, and I'm not a nature person to begin with, so I was like, I go, I don't think we have tulips. I think I know we can get them at the store, but I don't think they grow like on people's, you know. I and this uh, and it came down to what we we're talking about, Lisa. It was this idea that the things that are right in front of us sometimes we don't appreciate you know, yep. and, and it's when we don't so have it, you know, so she has just come out of this long winter and she's like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of normal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where that gratitude and that's, why that's I, very true. But I, that's why I liked your piece so much because, you know, it's that circling back, you know, writing this letter and saying thank you for all these different things. So your mom may have had to wait a yeah. really long time to hear these thank yous, and that's what I remind myself of, right? Because in the moment, sometimes yeah. you don't get that. But but she but we can always circle back, and that's where I want the listeners. You know, if they can take away from this that it's never too late to circle back. You know, you can. It all, isn't.
2: It's never too late.
1: It's never too late.
2: And it's always worth it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it really is. There is nothing. I mean even in my own life, you know, the things that I've been given many amazing gifts in my life, right. I've had this crazy career and the thing, the only things that I still have are the letters. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have the earrings, you know, because I don't know. I lost them in a move. I'm sure, you know, it's like I, I, I you know, I've been given a many, many beautiful, wonderful things, but the things that I still have mm-hmm. are the letters that I've been given from people. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you how they feel about me. And so, there's really nothing better that anybody can do in their life for somebody that they care about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, like simple as that, it really is just the best gift you can get. Th- and it's the best gift you can get. I do. The- can you imagine if your child did it?
1: Well, I still have. I mean, again, my f- kids are 15 and 13, and on my bulletin board here, I have a heart. You know, where my kid was probably three or four in preschool, and it says "I love you," and then it said "Love L." And this, it's not even properly placed, right? Because the, her name is in a very prominent place. Because when they're like that age, they're na- they're all about their name. But I have these things, or so I have all these these letters that they wrote to me when they were young, and really able to tap that heart space. And I keep them. And yep. then I also, with my own mom, when I was a kid going to summer camp, I've kept some of her letters and I go back and I reread them now with the filter I have now versus what I used to have. And I'm like, wow. You know, and I because yep. I didn't hear that then because the, I was shutting things off because I was armoring up my heart. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Letters are beautiful.
2: And, yeah, and, and you'll save it. You yeah. know, like if they gave you a bracelet... You might not save that. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to save it, but but you wouldn't. You know, but a letter, you'll never, ever let go of. I met a woman when we were first starting to produce the mom book. I was at a spa and um, trying to lose weight. And, of course, and I met this woman whose son died when he was 18. And she had a necklace. She had a piece of gold around her neck. And it was um, in his handwriting. in, in they inscribed They took a letter that he, he'd written her letter when he was 16 and they inscribed that little letter in this piece of gold. And she said that that was the one thing that she, she carries with her every day. And it's really basic, you know, it's like, mom, you know, I forgot what I said, but it it was a few sentences. It's really beautiful. But she said the day that she came home and that little post-it was stuck on her refrigerator, you know, was like one of those days where here you've got a 16 year old boy, which, you know handful and he he took the time to like put that post-it note up and she used to carry it around and then when he died she had it put on this necklace so that she could keep it close to her heart and that's when I was like yeah that it really is just such an amazing thing for people to have that and my father my father died I guess it's 18 years ago now then right before he died he wrote all of us a letter hmm So, um, which it was an amazing thing to have too, you know, Mm -hmm. especially in the heat of all that kind of trauma of somebody passing. So it's really, um...
1: I I think yeah. there's that physicalness where you can go back like again, you know, when when you're talking about as somebody's dying and all the emotions and stuff and sometimes we we can't really see or absorb something, but when we can go back and relook at it and we can touch it and hold it, especially in this world now where, you know, it's a social media flurry or there's all these emails and everything gets buried, but where you can have letters and you can read them and connect with them and then see it from where you are now eighteen years later versus where you were back then. So
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's I I, I love this I love that too. So
1: well Lisa, thank you so much for being on my show today. I love this book. And thank
2: you. Well, thanks for loving the book, too. Yeah. <laughs> we love
1: that. <laughs> and, you know, thank you for, like, putting yourself out there because I, that's such a great example for the listeners out there about when we don't want to do something and it scares us in, and then we go and we do it and and letting go of the outcome. I mean, your your example of that is just beautiful because that's really the real, that's that's the real story. That's what happened. Yeah.
2: I panicked many times before the book came out. I did. I I mean, I would call the publisher. I think I probably called her once a month. I'm like, Amanda, I've got to rewrite my letter. And she's like, the book is printed. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll fix it. I'll pay for it. I just got to rewrite. She's like, stop. Just let it go. (laughs) And I'm glad I did just because, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like the next great American novel, right? It just has to be the truth.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's so. your truth. It's your truth. Yeah. So yep. thank you. That's right. All right. Well, thank you. Here we are now after that great interview with her. And I love how Lisa eventually opened up with us and shared her story, even though it was in her book, but really talked about that and the permissions that it gives us and the, the gratitude and the, the honesty and the realness about how she shut her mom out, right? And it didn't mean that she didn't love her, but what she needed to do to take care of her. And so often we talk here about owning your story, you know, owning your story. And like she talked about Bruce Jenner, how the more that after his interview, she's like, I want to be friends with him. I want to go shopping with him. And here's the thing. We are so afraid that when people really know us, they're not going to want to be with us. And so we hide ourselves, we armor up, we hide away from connection. But really. That is the thing that we want the most is love, belonging, and connection. And the beautiful thing is that maybe we're not the right fit. Like I talk with my clients about this a lot. It's it's like there's pieces of a puzzle. So maybe we're not the right fit. It doesn't mean that we're not worthy, which is what we usually make it wean. Oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. It's all that enoughness. I'm not nice enough. I'm not quiet enough right? If we think we're too big of a personality or too big professionally. Um, So it's that I'm not enough voice. But really it's about owning our story, just like Bruce Jenner owned his story. And there has been a lot of support in social media. She and I were talking about this after the interview of, hey, nice job. You owned your story. Own your story. And Brene Brown will say, owning your story and loving yourself through the process is the bravest thing you can do. And like Lisa was talking about, with she, she wrote that letter to her mom, put it in a book, freaked out about it, called the publisher and said, forget it, we need to redo it. I'll pay for it myself, right? Because she was so afraid. I call that pre-vulnerability. She was so afraid to step into the arena where her heart is open, which is what we need to create connection, but which we're so afraid because it's vulnerable. There's uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. Another important point about vulnerability is that you share your story with somebody who's earned the right to hear it. So first, it's about owning your story, you know, owning it, truly owning it, and then figuring out who on your team, that's how I like to call it, who on your team has earned the right to hear this story. So obviously, with Lisa, this was a letter to her mother, and she did it in the way that was, it wasn't comfortable, but it was... The It was a step in the direction of connection and it was where she was at right then instead of thinking she should put on her big girl pants, right? This is how we'll talk down to ourselves and read the letter to her mom or hand deliver the letter and sit there while her mom reads that. Lisa met herself where she was, put it in a book, gave it to her mom and drove away. But those were the steps and sometimes we will just. Credit those small steps that we take, thinking they're not big enough to get us to where we want to go. But really, it's the small steps that on the journey, or like I like to say, small hinges can move big doors. So I invite you to meet yourself where you are in terms of the vulnerability aspect and then owning your story and figuring out who do you want to share the story with. We have Mother's Day coming up in a couple of days. This is for the live broadcast. And for those of you listening later, it's never too late. You can always connect with your mom. But who has earned the right to hear the story? In what part of your story has your mother earned the right to hear? And it becomes a process over time. And that's what Lisa's story I thought was a beautiful example of. So letting go of the things that make a smaller disconnect and be allowing, and I know it's hard and it's scary, but being willing to be vulnerable and step into it, but first owning our story and then figuring out who's earned the right to hear it. One of the things that Lisa spoke so beautifully on today was vulnerability and connection. And this is an issue that comes up often with my clients. And through my coaching practice, I help clients create more connection in their lives and becoming comfortable with vulnerability. You can go to howshereallydoesit.com to sign up to get everything, free email updates for future episodes so you never have to worry about missing a show, help with vulnerability and connection, and info about working with me. This is only available to email subscribers. A special thanks to Lisa Esbrammer for sharing her story with us. And you can go to the show notes to link to her book and website and also send your letter to your mom to her. If you like what you're hearing, please let me know by heading over to iTunes and leaving a rating or a comment there. It's time to do a shout out to Zoe Salanda. Thanks so much for leaving the iTunes review. And your question on iTunes can be, go look through the archives of the show because there's some content in there for some stuff you were asking for. Please leave a comment or a rating for the show at iTunes. You can click on view an iTunes button and then click launch iTunes applications, click Create, write a review and the directions are also on the show notes page so thanks for the emails of support for the show and until next time i'm smiling big for you
2: on lake, she is dreaming she
0: is drifting never been so wide awake.